If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, for the first 45 minutes, on the 12 do days of Christmas, Mind Pump get to me. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, yeah, we got the 12 days of Christmas. Dude, you didn't know? Giveaway. Instagram. Right now. Go to Mind Pump Media on Instagram. We're giving away some stuff. Uh, but if you want to listen to the show, let me tell you what we talk about for the first 45 minutes right, go ahead, of this episode. No fitness talk. A lot of fun talk. We start out by talking about childhood pranks. Find out what the uh, atomic sit-up is. or is just some messed up things. Or is Justin <laughs> called it the atomic fart? <laughs> kind of gives it away. Kind of gave it away. Uh. Uh, we talk about social media overtaking old media as everybody's news source. Might not be able to trust that one. Mm. We talk about the difference between iGen and millennials. Adam drops some scientific knowledge. Some knowledge. Did I? Yeah, you did. You compared Taylor to Enzo. Then we talked about health IQ's lower prices for life insurance for fit and healthy people. If you're a fit person, if you're healthy, which you probably are because you listen to Mind Pump, mm. which also means you're very intelligent and good looking. Wow. You can <laughs> All get those a, things. You can get a discount on life insurance if you go to one of our sponsors, healthiq.com forward slash Mind Pump. Take the health quiz and get a free quote. Save money. Then we talk about Organifi's new supplement. It's the uh, nootropic Pure. pure. It's called pure. It's pure. We give our breakdowns. Adam thinks the taste is okay, yeah. but it's making him sharper. You might not be able to tell in this episode, but I promise it's working. <laughs> <laughs> if you Earlier. go to Organifi.com forward slash Mind Pump and use the code Mind Pump, you'll get 20% off. Mm. Then we get into the fitness questions. Finally. The first question is, look, if your mobility allows for it, is it better to develop an ass to grass squat over a conventional squat, ass to grass. Yeah. What happens if, if you haven't mowed your lawn in a while? Yeah. Then you don't have to squat it's, very long. Yeah, it's Dad jokes. Good point. Uh, next question. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. When transitioning out of a dieting phase, should you decrease your cardio first while keeping your food intake lower? Or should you increase your food intake first and keep your cardio in? If you're confused, don't feel bad. I had to reread that question to Adam 15 times. There's some sign language involved. Yeah. The next question was, uh, for people who work in front of a computer screen all day long, how can you minimize or prevent upper cross syndrome? This is where your shoulders roll, roll forward, your head comes forward, and you look like a big dork. Look like yeah. a nerd, actually. Uh, how do you fix that with exercise, and what should you do throughout the day to prevent that? Uh, should you wear a backwards bra? Basically, I'm turning into a shrimp. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And the last question. Kind of posture. Would we ever make our own school to teach personal training? Is this sure. something that we've ever considered? That is a scary thought. Adam, Justin, and myself as professors. That'd be a good time. Hey, kids. It? Yeah. Let's uh, learn. Yeah, but we talk about what we think personal trainers should learn in a school in order to be successful. Also. It's December. You know what that means. Oh. Santa Claus is coming. Yeah. Last month of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, we're probably eating a lot of food, right. having a lot of fun with your friends and family. You know what else it means, guys? I'm having a jolly time, Sal. It also means you get free access to our private forum for a full year. Oh, my God. That be sounds amazing. So let's say you enroll in the MAPS program today. That means almost all of 2019, you get free access to our private forum 
You he, get to hang out with us. It's we're on there. We're on there every single day. And there's a smarter and cooler people than us yeah. on the private forum. <laughs> I'm not joking. We those you people up. exist. They're and, real. And they're in our forum. Yeah. The only way to get free access to our forum for a year is if you enroll in a maps program. This promotion lasts all December, uh, all month long. It's not gonna last. It's going away this month. <laughs> Any maps program will get you this incredible promotion. Just go to mapsfitnessproducts.com, check out our programs, enroll in one of them, get yourself shape, and talk to people on our forum. You'll love it. Do you yes. guys remember the atomic Of course, you yeah, pull your pants down, you yeah. cover their eyes, and they do a sit-up. Yeah. That's wow. Right. How how did, how, how did everybody know what this is? There was no internet back then. I know. Wow. It just spread. And it's also... It's like urban legend. Why do guys do that? That's like that's like borderline... It's got to be... An, that's is, not even a, inappropriate. That's like... No, it's way past. Yeah. Isn't it? Is, we need to explain this. Isn't it in one of those? Isn't it in one of those '80s movies like, um, like Porky's? Porky's yes. Or isn't or it like in one of those? House I something? have never seen it anywhere. I learned it from a buddy of mine who was a wrestler, and he said they learned it or whatever. So basically, what you do is you tell a guy, "I bet you can't do an atomic sit-up." Right. And yeah. new, the new guy, right? I got to right. tell the audience because they don't know what we're talking uh, about. Okay. And, and, and I'm curious to hear your version. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. Yeah, perfect. It might be the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I bet you can't do an atomic sit-up, and then everybody challenges them, and you get them to get all riled up. Like, oh, I could do it. Uh. Yeah. So they're like, all right, let's try it. So you're supposed to turn the lights down or off. You have them spin a bunch of times, and they're supposed to. Uh, oh work. no, this is. Oh not yeah, I have a totally different. Totally oh no, good. you make them spin a bunch of times, mm. then they lay down, and you put a towel over their head. Mm-hmm. And their goal is to do a sit-up while they're pulling up on the towel. But what they don't know is there's another dude with his pants down and his ass facing the dude. And then you let go of the towel, right. and he smacks right into the yes. butt. Oh, see, that's we did it different. So we would yeah. always do, like a guy would do a sit-up, right? And and you have to do a blindfolded. So you, it's a blindfolded sit-up with somebody else trying to resist you. Yes, yeah. with okay. their hands. They're yes. pushing you yeah, down. Yeah, he's trying to resist that's you. Other guy's holding, his, holding your ankles so you don't go anywhere. So you yeah. think he's holding your ankles. You're blindfolded. Other dude's holding you down. And he's letting you try and get up. And you're releasing it. And then right when it gets like six inches from there, you let go. And yeah. it's smack right and in it's like pants yeah. and underwear. Down. Yes. Yeah. Hold on a second. All the way in. You got to be honest now. As an adult. I wasn't the guy that did. As, as an adult <laughs> explaining uh, this. It sounds like horrific. terrible yeah, horrific it's not even it's i can't even believe hey it's better thing. than eating tide pods <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what you know that's what true. that's true right yeah. i guess yeah. we did have, we have our a step up shit. on that yeah oh oh <laughs> first guy first guy couldn't even make three minutes i couldn't i couldn't make three minutes all right terrible. let's see who the next guy is. i knew it was gonna be sal uh, let's see who the next didn't guy you know is. Oh, i figured it was no but don't you think the version that we did was better because yeah. you have that you put the towel over their head so that way they're resisting against the towel. So you don't. No, I, I like that. I like yeah. that. But we definitely didn't do the spinning around or oh, anything like that. No. Yeah. If you really wanted to, say I have up, seen it like that. I've seen somebody behind them, like holding on to the towel, and they're trying to. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that way it makes sense that they don't see. Is they're also yeah. like pulling exactly. Yeah. So that you don't tell them I'm a blindfold. Right. I have seen it done that way. Yeah. So that makes sense. You've seen it done that way. I've seen <laughs> somebody <laughs> do that. I've, I've seen, seen it like twice. Or just like, dude, I went to summer camps. Like these summer camps, that everybody thinks are like. Oh, you know, it was like a Christian camp and everything. And it was like, you guys were, it was like the get, worst stuff yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's up. like, it's, 
ideas going on. It's, you know? it's there goes number two. Oh, was that it? Yeah, two. Damn, you lasted two. the longest. You did. That's Guarantee a, you, if if the if the audience really knew, early. they would have bet against me too on that. For sure. Mm. You know what we'll do before the episode goes forum. on on the forum, and yes. we'll see. We'll tell the forum somebody lost a bet tonight. Who was you know, what was the bet? Yeah, let's see if they guess what the bet was. Well, well somebody's gonna no, make... no no no. We'll tell them what the bet oh. was. They'll vote on who lost it. We should also yeah. We should also see like ahead of time and like get odds you know because i guarantee you'd be like oh yeah you know that's a high what you're, that's runner what you're saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're saying he's cheese high <laughs> i love Dude, my cheese did you put cheese on your ribs today no barbecue barbecue doesn't have cheese man that barbecue was no it was try to that was good it was good you should give him a shout out justin i should aptos barbecue yeah there you yeah, go they're, they're really good man yeah. It's uh, uh, the barbecue in San Jose is terrible. Yeah, I told you guys it was gonna be good. That burger place is really good too. That Adam was talking about. Maybe we'll go there. there tomorrow. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, no, yeah. that sounds good. I'm absolutely down for that. But yeah, what, was there anything else that we did as kids that were like challenges and stuff? Because I remember the atomic sit up, and you know the thing about that that's crazy is if you're the kid that got picked to do the atomic sit up, if you got offended or butt hurt, you're done. You're ruined. Yeah. You're ruined. You had yeah. to laugh it off and then everybody's like, you're cool. Right. Yeah. You know, if you were like, oh, what the hell? That's oh, it. No, no friends anymore. No. <laughs> you're, t- you're ostracized <laughs> after you're, that. Yeah. You're completely well, ostracized. It only, works, it, really sad. It, it only works if there's w- there's one guy who doesn't know at all what's going on and there's at least two other people that know what's going going on in it, right? Because you're you got to set it all up, right? Yeah. You got, oh, you, you know what? There's another one. So this one's in <clears throat> this one's in construction. So I don't know. Maybe you guys both worked in construction for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one I used to work with my dad and they did this on one of the new workers there where you challenge them and see if they can pick up a bag of cement press it up off their head and a bag of cement is like 100 pounds and it's kind of awkward and hard so people you know guys want to show that they're strong or whatever so somebody stands behind them and says like i'm going to spot you but really what they have is a trowel in their hand so when they push it up like this you take the trowel and you you slice the (laughs) 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 and it just pours all over you are you serious you guys have never seen that one no i haven't that is a classic that's a classic prank i have never seen that that's a classic i gotta ask i gotta ask my dad that that's that's funny no i've done the one where you put the bucket in the door like right over the door oh that one's classic that's i mean everybody's done that that's a classic one there's another one where like three stooges shit yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, (laughs) oh there you go Ah, time stamp it there was another one where you you ask somebody you tell them oh you're strong you know i'm stronger than you whatever and they say, oh, can you lift me with your arms straight? So like they'll put their arms straight and put their arms underneath your armpits and they'll try and lift you, which it's like doing a front raise with a human. You're not going to be able to do that. And then, what you, and then you say, no, I can do it. And then you do it for them. But your buddy is behind them, so they don't know this, pushing up on your hands. So they're underneath pushing up. The guy doesn't feel it because your arms are here on their armpits. And then you lift them up. Nobody ever figures it out. <laughs> Nobody ever. They, they get lifted and they're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Yeah, there's it's that. It's magic. One. Yeah. yeah. And then oh, one more. There's the one with the spoon. You ever do the the spoon on the head one? No. Oh, so I think I know this Oh, one. I have yeah. one. You just reminded me of one that we used to do. So you what you do is you you're supposed to hold a spoon in your mouth and mm-hmm. you hit them as hard as you can on the head. Yeah. And you say, let's hit each other and see who can hit harder. So he yeah. goes first, and you can't hit that hard. So he's like, oh, and he can't do it. So then he goes, you're supposed to put your head down when you're about to get hit. So right. he puts his head down. You, you pretend to hit him. him There's the, a guy behind yeah. him with a spoon that just, <laughs> yeah, just whacks him every time. And every time they look oh, up and they're like, how are you? That's exactly like my other favorite one with the, uh, the, the shampoo 
where you just keep like keep applying the shampoo over the stall as they're like washing their hair. Oh, I've seen and that you on keep YouTube. Keep going and going and going. I've, yeah. Have that you seen that on YouTube? Uh-uh. Oh yeah, people like at the like beach showers. They go they're crazy. Their hair. They're just like ah, because <laughs> <laughs> the suds so never, never go soap. away. It just never stops. You know, <laughs> you just keep it, keep squeezing, it's squeezing, it's squeezing. <laughs> I'd be so mad, <laughs> right? You have no idea. You're just like, wait a minute. Oh. Like, ah. We used to, we used to take a so we used to take a quarter. Or a silver dollar if you got one around laying around, but a quarter. <laughs> That's how old you are. A silver dollar. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those, yes. those things are worth like oh, a million bucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I used to collect those too, dude. <laughs> silver dollar. <laughs> yeah. a little he's fifty like, cent piece. He's yeah, like yeah. you take a pterodactyl bone. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so maybe just, nobody has a silver dollar. So no one has a silver. So you use a quarter, right? So that's too much. You, you take a quarter, and you take a lead pencil. Oh, and, I know this one. And you shade half of the quarter, yeah. really good with the lead pencil, yeah. and then you roll it to the side that's not shaded. Yeah. And then we would we would run it down our forehead, and then we would pretend like we're trying to whistle and go. Yeah, yeah. And someone be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "It's crazy. If you run this down your head, you can't whistle, yeah, yeah. right? You can't. You, can't whistle. you do it like two more times. Like I remember this. Yeah. And then you hand it to them, just all nonchalant, they don't think, and they just and they yeah. draw this big old, yeah, big old line right down their face. I remember that. That's one That's a good too. one, dude. I remember that. One that one. Yeah. There was one. I can't remember what it was, but it was like it, like something about pinching your. Uh, chin at the end and like i forget like how how you like set him up to it but i remember doing this with one of my best friends she's a girl and she kept like really trying to like pinch her chin like hard she stopped she was bruised for like a week right well, there why chin. is she doing that i don't remember that what what the setup was for it <laughs> Just, I, don't, I don't know it's a terrible that ruins the whole thing. sorry it does i know i'm sorry it's like me saying and then you get yeah. and then they get a pie in the face i don't remember how we do it <laughs> and here's the punchline and that's yeah. it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't get we'll it. Put it in the show notes. I don't, I don't get it, man. Oh, sorry. No, that's all. That's sorry. all hilarious stuff. I had, and then people play pranks on each other. I had a buddy who put peroxide in his uh, in his buddy's shampoo. What? Yeah, dude, that's messed. So up. he was blonde. Dude, it's like really. He's washing his hair, and it you know <laughs> messed up his hair. Well, I told. I think I told. That's the, the next level, right there. Yeah. That's not cool. I told the, the the Desitin story on here, didn't I? The one where I got in trouble yeah. with my sister. Uh, what'd you do with that, it yeah. again? I told that on here. The we used, to, you know, you remember when you used to put shaving cream in someone's hand and then you tickle their face? Oh, and then it makes, and then they, they yeah. Themselves so I used to, you know, I'm the oldest. And that works, huh? Oh yeah, it works great. It's hilarious. It really does work. I mean, if you have somebody who's a really light sleeper, it doesn't work. But it, it's a it's a fifty fifty shot. You're gonna do it to somebody who it totally works to, mm-hmm. and then someone else maybe not. Right? Did you guys yeah. have a trend when in your high school of all of a sudden everybody thought it was hilarious to just do the gnarliest wedgies on each other? Oh yeah, yeah. you guys did that too. There Wedgie. was wedgies. Melvins was the front. So yeah. that was a that was just a I guess that was a nationwide yeah. phenomenon. And, and what was yeah. mount, mountain grips where someone would walk up behind you and they, <laughs> and they grab grab underneath your oh, arm. Oh, I yeah. hate that. Oh, but yeah. the wedgie was terrible because <clears throat> me and my buddies got so bad at it that I would literally clean and press somebody with their underwear. Like I'd get yeah. behind them and I'd grab them and just get and underneath just it and launch just, them. And I ripped underwears yeah. in half. I ripped my buddy's underwears <laughs> off. So he got me really bad, right? He came yeah. up behind me, lifted me off the ground and I toppled forward. So I was yeah. like, you're going to get it. 
and I waited. I think I waited like a month. Mm. He totally had no idea. And I got behind him and I ripped him clean off his ass and there was a little blood on them. I, <laughs> oh, I you I ripped him so hard. I think I pulled him up too hard. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was the last time. Him. That was the last time we did Dude, that. dancing was yeah. huge too at the same time. I remember you were telling the story yeah. of dancing your your preacher. Oh yeah, was it your? Oh, was I your dad? my dad in front of the, the, the preacher. Oh, okay. we were out by the pool, the pool deck, and he. I didn't think. I thought he had a shorts tied like he had been doing because we had. It had bled into the home, right? It was it was popular for us to do in junior high or wherever it was <laughs> when we were doing this. That I would do it to my dad around the house and became this funny thing, you know, that whenever we catch each other in the kitchen and he had sweatpants on, you <laughs> dude, it had to be shorts. junior high because I got pants in junior high real bad. Like it was like around a bunch of group of girls and everything. My friend got me, like, oh, yeah. and I just did the so, underwear come down. Too? Yeah, but thankfully it wasn't cold out or anything. But I was like more, of a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just, got that. I just had to put that out there. But uh, yeah, I was like. The move is what? Do you pull them up real fast? No, or you, you just kind of gotta be like no big deal. Thank you. Yeah. I, I I pretended that it was no big deal, and I was just like, ah, you know, and I, <laughs> I just like put my pants up, and then just kind of walked away and was like, oh my god, dude, that was actually oh. that was exactly what you were doing. At least in my school when we were growing up, like you were always targeting your friends when they're in front of girls. Yeah, that's, you were trying to embarrass. Oh, them. it was yeah. hilarious. That's what it was about. Oh, yeah. Like that's what it, it really was. To, like. Bullying, you go right? to, you it's like totally bullying. Well, you would be called bullying right now. You go, go to jail. You would get but seriously, if you pantsed your buddy in front of a bunch of girls, they would someone would press charges. Yeah, but yeah, that's what sure. you did. You, you didn't have Megan's law or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're targeting your buddies when they were talking to a group of girls at high school. Or whatever, we really were know. terrible back then, weren't we? Yeah, yeah but we yeah. didn't eat Tide Pods. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't eat. Tide we didn't pods, do. Yeah, uh, what's yeah. the other thing they do today? I guess that's the, you don't need to do anything else. <laughs> you really <laughs> don't. No, you. Who told me? Who who brought up the propane blowing out of your mouth? I saw that. I guess it's a thing that they're they're sucking in propane and blowing it out in fire. To make a like fire breath or whatever, That's, yeah, that could very easily tr- like blow your shit I up. I can't see how that would go wrong. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It makes no sense. I used to mm. pull up next to, I'd pull up next to cars, and if there was a girl in the car on my passenger side, so on the other side of my car, and my buddy was in there, I'd pull up next to the car and I'd honk my horn and I'd roll his window down. So I'd be like, bam, bam, and I'd roll it down. So he's like, look around. <laughs> the girls would look at it like, hey, you talk to me? Oh, yeah. yeah. You like what you see? Anyway, I got some, uh, I got some, I got a cool article here I wanted to bring up to you guys. So they did this huge uh, study, this huge research study, the Pew, Pew Research Study, I should say. Pew. That found that social media, I believe for the first time, overtakes newspapers as a news source for all Americans. Yeah. Oh, it's like, people get their. I feel like we already knew that. Like mm-hmm. Twitter is where everybody goes to get the first hand, like you know, whatever article comes out. That's where it comes from. So right now, right now, TV is still the number one consumption platform. It's at forty nine percent of adults get their news from TV. Second is news websites at thirty three percent. Radio is at three is number three, and social media and and is uh, is after that. But it's flying up right now. It's a matter of time before all those other mediums are dead. You know yeah. what I mean? How crazy is that? Because the thing about social media is, doesn't it? Um, doesn't it pick have algorithms to kind of show you what you want? Yeah. To to read or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys notice that on your thing? Oh, totally. It's getting better and better. That's the crazy part. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's going to take more and more discipline for us uh, as consumers to not consume so much because it's. You're always going to be fed the articles you want. You're always going to be advertised to the things that you want. It's going to take a lot of self-discipline for people. It's going to be interesting to see how you we... You have to actively search out yeah. for things that you normally would not 
that's opposing your view or whatever. Yeah, or just practice abstaining from a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Because everything is going to be at the, at your fingertips and for relatively cheap or free. Mm. I the the thing about the social media phenomena with news that's a little bit worrisome is that, and, and we're talking about this right now, is how you know it definitely can shape and mold how you feel about the world. We we've known this for a long time, like. Have you guys ever just stopped looking at the news because you're just you're fed up, you're stressed out, and then right. all of a sudden oh, life yeah. seems better? Because yeah. yeah. think about it, all the crazy shit you read in the news. How often do you see that in front of you? Right. Yeah, it's it's almost never, right? I know. That's, well, that's the thing is we're always looking for that. You know, right. we're always looking for problems, and uh, the news provides you with a ton of problems, and it's mm-hmm. like we can focus on that so easily, and then it becomes. Like wherever we are, that becomes like all of a sudden now we're there too. Well, well, even worse is if you have a particular belief system and then all the news articles just continue to support that belief system, is that going to push people to be more extreme mm. in their opinions and views? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you if you think, you know, immigration is illegal, Ill- illegal immigration is the absolute worst thing to happen, for example, mm. and you're picking articles like that and they continue to feed into that, you may think that that is... And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it may make your views more extreme right. in that regard. Even if you're a you know pro you know socialist type government or whatever, you could be reading articles that can that, because they're popping up because those are the ones you click on, right. and they're gonna you know radicalize you in essence. We're yeah. finding yeah we're finding that right now with people in uh, in, in politics the 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 people who who label themselves as Republicans and whoever and people who label themselves as Democrats are more extreme mm. than they've ever been. Although there is a larger segment now that's independent, which is good. More people uh, identify that way. Yeah, it does. I mean, well, again, is that just the media showing us the extremes, you know, in terms of, or like articles they put out, like everybody's becoming extreme or is it? That's a good, that's a good question or a good point because it's in their best nature, in their best uh, interest to make you think that the other side uh, is just terrible. Because usually, I mean, that... I, I try and check myself on that a bit because when I talk to people in person, I haven't really come across many like really extreme people like that. Mm. They stick out, you know, like it's, they're, they're there of course, but uh, it's just like uh, when I tend to talk to people one-to-one, they're a little bit more rational in their thinking in, mm. um, and they consider other people more. I just feel like the media is really sometimes I wonder trying that, to separate us that way. Sometimes I wonder though, if that's because we're in our, you know, bubble, because we are in we're in northern central California, which yeah. is like we have a blend of all that, so it doesn't seem like there's a dominant. Yeah, you go to more a, of a melting pot here. Yeah, sure. it's definitely more of a melting pot, so it seems a little more balanced, uh, somewhat. I mean, where we're at, like, it, 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 you start getting more more north, you get one way; you go more south, you mm-hmm. get a little bit more. But I feel like there's there's a little more radical views in different states that are. Uh, much more dominant. California's got I mean if you want to if you talk about like political on the political spectrum on the liberal side or California's about as liberal as it gets yeah like a lot San of people Francisco would just, like that way yeah out, the, out, the, out there yeah like, you're I'm talking thinking, about San Jose uh, yeah San Jose northern 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 central like that's sure 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 it's a little more mixed right it, it is a little bit but we're we're considered about as extreme I mean they're passing a law or not, not they're not passing excuse me they're proposing we'll see if it passes uh, uh, a new law in California that's make, making its rounds where uh, they want to tax your texting. What? They want to tax texting. What? Did you not like, see this? Yeah, no, no I remember you mentioned it, this. but 
What? I yes. was just ign- I was just trying to I'd not be so believe fucked. It. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you would be. <laughs> I gotta go back to talking. You would be. I'm trying to find the I'm trying to find this, the article right this now. Is bullshit. Are they maybe, forcing us to talk together? Maybe maybe <laughs> Doug horrible. can find it, but they're trying to tax texting in order to provide cheaper phones or phone services for people who can't afford it. So they're trying to subsidize your texting. Have you pay for people who what? can't necessarily I don't know to, to help them out, whatever. I think they're just trying to like yeah. usual, just get some you know, more money. Can't can't we just have some charity yeah. that Pl- we contribute to yeah. that? I'd love to read that article. I don't remember you nope. sending that over. Oh to yeah, me. no, it's legit. I don't know if you can find it, Doug. Yeah, I got it on CNN Business. What does it say? It says California regulators want to tax text messages to increase funds for programs that bring connectivity to underserved residents. Yep, there you go. They want to tax your texting. What? They just want to find anything. You know what's funny about that with. is that good luck trying to tax texting because. Uh, I guarantee you, the second they do that, there will be an app that allow you to, and nobody will start. Oh, nobody yeah. will text with their phone. Oh, anymore. Good point. Yeah, we'll just start using we'll apps. Just do it all through the internet. Yeah, the text, you know, tax-free yeah. texting. Done. That's already gonna happen. I swear yeah. to, I swear the to God, it's cool. I got. They will tax anything. Well, isn't that what like WhatsApp is? Isn't WhatsApp yeah. set up that way? Because you can text and talk to people on the phone. Exactly. All the How would they charge well, you for that? Yeah. The only problem is then, like, so uh, what was it? That one company in China that. Um, I forget what what the name of the um the company was, but they basically had that same kind of a service where it was internet. You could do internet calls. You could do internet. I think it might have been Huawei. Uh, text is text, but like they were be able then to like monitor everybody's stuff mm. because it's like through their private oh yeah agreement, wow. and so they monitor. So they're getting all this like data information over everybody that way. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought texting would have got as big as it did anyway? To think, to, if you think about it, like if you had brought oh, this it, up, no, it sounds like it's backwards. Yeah, because you just want to talk to somebody. Yeah, you know, rather than writing or typing. Yeah. I would have never guessed. Would you have guessed that? No. Before all that? No. No, no it like, doesn't seem like it'd be as convenient as it is, but it's so much more convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it, it, it allows us to multitask, right? And be concise. You don't have to get. You don't. Have, and then there's that awkwardness of. Like, that's what it is. I think people kind really of awkwardness. Yeah. I think people really don't want to talk to each other a lot of times, but mm-hmm. they want to send some. They want to say something, but they don't want to talk to them. Well, you see that when you uh-huh. see the extreme of like what Enzo shared with us. What I thought was really fascinating to me um, when he talked about if you were if you're at a high school party and there's a girl in your high school that you're interested in and she's at that party and she's across the room what you will do is you'll pull up your phone and you'll you'll add her try and friend request her on her facebook to see if she, she's even like to we'll see if, give you the time exactly if oh, she wow. if she'll even give you the time she oh, will wow. then accept you as a friend that now gives you the ability and then to you say, message her on your then phone. You messenger. You're kidding me. She's then, at the party. Yes, you're both ah, at the party. She's across the room. So and then you'll wait until she responds. Once she responds, then you would go in and engage and go say hi. Wow, they're like writing all new rules. Yeah, totally. You that's, know, I, I almost crazy. I almost well, there's feel somebody like, who actually talks about this and says, you know, when you have old guys like us that like act all scared <laughs> about it, right? They're like they're just learning <laughs> a new happening? way of communication. Yeah, there it's it's and in their eyes, it's faster and more efficient and, you know, less drama, no, no heartache, no whatever. Like, it's like, that's just that's how you communicate. It's probably less challenging. You, right. know, you don't have to like, build she doesn't if she doesn't add me. I don't got to walk yeah, over there and get shut down time. Yeah. Why would I walk over there and get shut ah, down if she's if she won't even add easy. me on Facebook? It, too easy. Don't too you easy. think? Don't no. you? Oh, I totally yeah, agree with. I already on. know where you're going with this. And I agree Nobody's with you. Don't you think I still if you find could it go, fascinating as fuck. It is fascinating. Well, I was going to say, don't you think if you were a kid now, knowing what you know, that if you went, if you went to a party that you would be able to just 
go up to a girl and she'd be like, oh my God, he came up and talked to me. And it would be such a big deal. It would be awesome. Yeah. I feel like you'd be having an advantage if you didn't do that now. Totally. That's crazy. Like working out. Too. I don't know. Yes, yeah. yeah. these yeah. kids. Yes like, and no. I mean, I don't know. Or she'll think you're I, weird. I still think. No I, ma- even friend I think no me? matter what, the, the process that you would still have to go through is after you talk to her, you would go home after later on that night, and you would go to friend her. And if she didn't friend you, then you just wasted that time, mm. right? Mm. Like you, then you'd be like, "Fuck! Why did I even go over there and talk to her? She wasn't even gonna friend me on Facebook." So it just it, uh, that's the order now. That's yeah. the order of how they decide they're going to go communicate with somebody who they've just like literally distilled it all the way down to that. Mm-hmm. Crazy, like this. A- Adam. You read yes, the, no. You read that book, iGen, right? Yeah, you did read that whole yeah, book. Yeah, great book. I was reading an article on it, and that uh, book is really like if you're a numbers person and you like like it's a lot of like charts and graphs. It was was I love that stuff, and I, I wasn't expecting that. Hmm. Um, I, I really really liked it because Irresistible was more of a kind of scare you angle like they, warning yeah kind of like that and and, and kind of gave some some serious comparisons to it I and mean, we even had some drug uh and um you know comparisons to you know the uh, addiction of social media and stuff where iGen was literally just let here's the let's present the studies yeah like, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean good or bad yeah but. exactly and in fact they kind of even put a positive spin on some of the things well this generation is mm-hmm. although they are not as social they're much more higher IQ far more intelligent and you know they they go through all the positives and they 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 show you it in graphs and mm-hmm. so I like that and then mm-hmm. I can come up with my own conclusion well I'm reading some it. statistics right here in this article and it's saying that between 2012 to 2016. And that that's four years. Mm-hmm. The the amount of men, young men, who who answer affirmatively to the question, "Do you have a psychological disorder like depression, etc.?" It rose one hundred twenty six percent in four years. In in just four years, and for women, went up one hundred and fifty percent. Wow! Yeah, it increased pretty dramatically. And there's a lot of other things in here that I'm looking at where you know it's getting a lot worse, and they're thinking that it has to do with the just how connected people are with the with the yeah, phones and shit. That, that book was, there was so, I actually, uh, my buddy who's a, a principal at a high school gave a talk on social media and all this stuff. And he, he actually, okay. he actually hmm. I passed that book on to him and he said it was incredible. He built his whole presentation around that book. What? Nice. Uh, yeah, just to present it to, just to pre- present it to all the, it was a presentation for all the, um, the students staff, or No, what? for the staff. Okay. So the staff so was aware. Understand. Yeah, so they could understand like, this is what's happening. I right think now. I'm going to have huh. my my son read that book. I Jen. I think it's an. Inc- I think it's a. Anybody who has a kid that I think it, is that's your guys's kid's age or younger, I think that's a mandatory book as a parent. I mm-hmm. really do. Just mm-hmm. and why I think that what I like about it is, uh, again, it, it lets you. It presents the information. Yeah. You can decide as a parent if you how stringent you want to be on certain things and how you want to go about it. But it's like the, the numbers are the numbers. Like mm-hmm. this, there's it's a fact. This shit is happening. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the? Distinctive characteristics between millennials versus the iGeners. There are there are some different things like they iGeners are more they're more interested in like money and uh, yes like, than, like working hard right or they, more so than millennials. So millennials they, you know, are like I just want to find my passion. Yeah, looking for purpose all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want. I, I mean, it, to me, it's like uh, compare Taylor and Enzo. I mean, they're to me they're oh, yeah. they're good examples of their generations. I, you see, I you see the iGen and Enzo with his drive and work ethic, and I mean, the kid is so accomplished for how young he is already. It's so impressive. Right. And then you see the motivation that Taylor has with 
he is he desires he desires autonomy vision autonomy and, autonomy, and yeah. creativity and over even money yeah. so you the, so those are the stereotypes that you read about those two generations yeah and i would say that they they fit that and they have many characteristics like that i've heard I, that especially with a lot of the startup you know boom like yeah. uh, millennials were really you know a part of all of that and then uh, i guess the 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 generation you know coming up you know, from that, are looking more for stable, stable jobs. Yeah, no, it, a, a lot of that book really helped me too with just managing and leading all them too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it gives me a different perspective of like the way their wheels spin. I, I still, I obviously, I, I think I connect more with Enzo's mentality because it's closer to ours. It's similar to ours. Yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah. Taylor is like much more different. So I have to, I was saying, sharing that with you the other day. It's like, I, I have to think completely different when communicating with them. And it's challenged me as a leader more than anything else I in, would in say my the, past. The difference between our generation is it's just, it was acceptable to be hard, to be really hard on someone or to be really uh, brash. Yeah, you know what the or, irony in that is? That don't you feel like your dad would say that too about his generation more com- so. compared to you? Yeah. yeah like, right. It's like, gotta. It's gotta like, be. I should hit you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when talking. I didn't do my work, I got yeah. punched in the face. Yeah. You know? yeah. I guess that. I guess it. It, it kind of. I know my grandfather used to got tell lighter me and lighter. And, and when you, yeah, right. And when you think but, that your grandfather well, would say it even more so, see, but it's different. Like, oh, your your papa had it so easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it's different though because my grand. I mean, my grandfather was poor and in Sicily, so it's a very. It's a very different. My grandfather at 13 years old, this is true now, I remember once I was over at my grandparents' house and my grandmother had an old box of, of uh, photos, and she pulls out this photo, and I was probably, I don't know, 17 years old when I was looking at this, and there was this boy covered in soot, like his face was all dirty, torn clothes, one shoe, like the toes were out, and the other shoe was, you know, kind of a little bit better, and he had this, you know, basket over his shoulder on either side with potatoes, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, who's this? She's like, that's your grandfather. I'm like, what? She's what? like, yeah. She goes, he was a kid. He'd be 10, 11, 12 years old, and he would sell potatoes. And he would get up onto the top of the train or on the side of the train because he couldn't afford a ticket. And he'd ride it into places, walk in as a 12-year-old boy and try and find work or sell potatoes or whatever. And uh, my grandfather would, you know, he, he didn't like talking about it too much. But one thing that I noticed about my grandfather that kind of confirmed all this because later on I asked, you know, how the hell is this possible? My grandfather could eat the hottest food. And I don't mean spicy, like spicy food. I mean, hot is in temperature. Mm. He could eat the hottest food like ever. And he eats it so fast. It's like we we always used to joke around and say that he had asbestos in his mouth. Like my grandmother would bring out a bowl of pasta that was steaming. You'd burn your mouth on it. There's no way you could. Yeah, it's going to burn your mouth. You can't have any. And he'd have a spoon in one hand and a fork in the other hand. You ever seen someone eat pasta with a spoon <laughs> and a fork? Oh, yeah, you they get it slurp. done. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and a whole bowl, he would, it would about four bites. He'd go, he'd twirl it four times, all gone. Wow. And all of us would be like, how the hell? And, you know, one day when I was right around that, you know, 17 years old, I, I told him, I said, how, me and my cousin were like, how do you eat food so hot? And he's like, oh, I'm just tough or whatever. And we'd go back and forth. And finally, we pressed it. We pressed him. I'm like, what do you do? And he goes, when I was a kid, when I was 12 or 13, I'd go work for these landowners and they'd hire all these men and they'd hire boys and they'd hire whatever to work for them. And in the middle of the day, they would bring out a massive pot of like boiling hot, like fava beans or other types of beans or pasta. And that's how they'd feed the workers. And he says, if I didn't eat that food when it was hot, I wouldn't eat any food because I was a kid. All the older men would eat it all and I'd, be, I'd starve. 
He's like, so I learned wow. how to eat. Pipe. So he would he get adapted. it out and eat it, and, yeah. and he learned how to eat that way. Until this day, that's how the guy eats his pasta, which is pretty funny. <laughs> that's, that's, crazy. that's pretty crazy. That's hilarious. Isn't that's that crazy? crazy story. I think I think it's always just as hard. It's just different. Yeah. Right. So different I think forms. like like I think when your grandfather says, "Oh, you think it's just as hard?" I do. I really do. It's a different kind of just. I think as hard, we though. perceive it as hard. No, no, I don't I think say, it's just as hard. hard. No, no, no. Right. Well, you define hard though, right? Yeah. And because you could say <laughs> you could say that the the mental well, look at this the yeah. mental yeah. discipline that it takes <laughs> hey, Justin, to not overconsume <laughs> because we have we have we we have so much food. Like you, yeah. there was a time. Where you would eat as much as you could eat if you could, because it was hard to come by. Yeah, because I ain't gonna get this to get yeah, tomorrow. Right, and so you didn't have to worry about weight. You didn't have to worry about diabetes. You didn't have to worry about these things that that plague us now. Mm-hmm. And that's now a big. That's a huge thing that yeah, people. It's a totally different problem. Right, it's a totally different problem. We have different problems, but I would definitely not say it's as hard. No way. I would. I would not trade my stresses and my problems for the stresses and problems of my. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, your family feeling. didn't get eaten. I agree. Dude, dude, I, I like to think I hacked the system and I get it. You know? <laughs> I'm saying like I like so you know, I, I wouldn't tra- I wouldn't trade. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that it's there. When you look at all the things that we're dealing with right now, as far as not personally, but as as collectively, like yeah. as a society, what we deal with, there's other things that of course generations, you know, hundreds of years ago didn't have to. You know, of course, there's different different problems. I think they're I think we're way better off. It's a lot easier. I mean, do you know how laborious it was to be a housewife? Like. 70, 80 years ago. Do you know how laborious that was? How much hard work? And I don't I don't mean like hard like it's not hard work now. I mean like physical hard work. Right. To like cook a meal. But you had to cook every be- meal. Because all day of that, long. because yeah. of that, I bet she had great heart health. I bet she was strong. I bet yeah. she had good energy levels. I bet her stress was lower. I bet there was a lot of positive carryovers Bro, because she had to do that to survive. Forty year olds looked like they were that- sixty because they were <laughs> scrubbing yeah. the clothes on the metal thing and they were <laughs> Cooking all the food from scratch, and they had to scrub pots just and pans. Growing your own hand. food, killing your own food. I mean, no oh, way, man. Dude, you ever sucks. look at pictures of like of old pictures of people from the 1950s, and you look at them, like, wow, that looks really good. And they find out that it was a, it's a 20 year old. You know, that dude looks like he's 38. Well, part of that too is yeah. us get, that, part yeah. of that is us getting smarter too, right? Yeah. We've evolved. Yeah. We've, we understand science. We've gotten a lot smarter about what to eat, how to move, how to do sure. things. So. There's sure, certain sure, things that have sure. evolved us. Yeah, and they, I mean, and, and you know, they're, what's interesting, though, I find is, well, no, life expectancy has gone up generally quite a bit. Yeah. But I had relatives, like, I've told you guys about my great-grandfather. Guys, he changed smoked cigarettes since he was 13. Like, all, like constantly smoked cigarettes since the age of 13. The guy was 90, I think, 91 or 92 yeah. when he died. That's crazy. Didn't affect him. That's like crazy that. to me. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting how how that affects some people and others not so, not so yeah. much. You know. Yeah. Oh, you got. We got. I have to mention uh, health IQ. We're supposed to talk about them uh, in today's episode, but I will say, I just off that topic, my cousin who is you know just got married, and I was talking to him about uh, life insurance. He works out. He was already going through another company. Had him go on health IQ, better price. Oh better, no shit! Because he's fit. Nice. Well, you see, they're bringing back the quiz more aggressively now. I remember when we first when we first did it. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but when we first did it, uh, 
and we didn't even mean to do this. We were just having fun with it when we they, we took them on the very first time to, when they first sponsored the show, and they had that quiz, and that was like their way of ca- yep. capturing opt-ins. So like it's like your fitness and health knowledge. Yeah, but they were yeah. they scored it, so we turned it into like a competitive thing amongst the three of us, and then it just naturally it just then went, our form like destroyed. Oh, us, then it went crazy, right? Yeah. And so they actually shut that down for a while on us and said, "Please don't talk about that and promote." Really? That. Yeah, <laughs> because we were sending too many people. Yeah, just too many leads, and of course, all of them weren't quality leads, and so they were like, "We were." Getting flooded with all these people that were just wanting just to wanted to be competitive yes, with us. They just wanted to outscore us on the thing. Right? I like the I like uh, the quiz. I think it's brilliant. No, yeah. I think so too. Well, what's funny is when you apply, you still fill you do fill things out that that ask you about your fitness knowledge. It's part of the process. Right, right, right. Because they want to know, you know, that's the way that they are able to it's give you more specific price. too. I was impressed. It's not just like generic that's like, what how I was often impressed. do you walk or you know, do you eat good yeah. healthy food what's healthier vegetables or chips you know yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly dude, exactly they were i saw them advertising um uh between one of the basketball games on i think tnt main oh wow yeah, mainstream health, TV. Health, health iq every time i see that i like snap a shot of it or whatever like that and i always yeah. send it to taylor i always think that's pretty neat especially when it's a company that we we started working with yeah. a, a while ago well i it used to piss me off because i got life insurance before and i remember the my weight was a little high but it's because i carry muscle and I remember how irritated I got with that. I'm like, that's so stupid. There should be a big difference between... Oh, my God, I know. Be- because I carry more muscle than if I'm obese or whatever. Oh, yeah, those I just can't believe they still run off BM- BMI. Like, when you go to the doctor, I'm just like, come on. It's because they need something... They need something tangible. No, not just tangible, but super black and white and easy. Well, because well, you, have yeah. to, you have to understand, we're still grossly the minority. Yeah. I mean, we we just pulled that stuff. Most people, up. a high BMI means you're fucking. It does. You're right. Yeah. For the, for right. the majority, it probably means Because yeah, there's 80%, 80% of the people aren't lifting weights. Yeah. So 80% it's of true, people right. aren't changing their body composition like that. So that thing, that chart probably is pretty damn accurate yeah. for the average person who I, doesn't lift weights. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm almost positive that soon they're going to include a grip test in the health assessment of the, of the elderly. You think so? Yeah. And of the elderly, it's going to start there mm. um, for sure. Now, speaking of grip tests, by the way, when they do grip tests now on kids, like the average 20-year-old male today has a far weaker grip than the average 50-year-old did. I remember when you yeah. brought that up way back yeah. when we did the we talked about the declining male or yep. whatever like yep. that, right? Oh, do we bring that? And then also like throwing grenades or something like that? Like they, they, had just, to, they had to like take it out of the, take, the yeah. basic training or something because yeah, they couldn't throw it far enough? couldn't throw it. Like we lost that ability. <laughs> what the hell? What the hell's wrong with us? Hey, if you can't, dude, if you if lose you a war throw, because you, you can't throw, you a, can't throw a fucking grenade like more than five yards. Oh my god, it's got to be longer than that, right? That's it was, it was short. It wasn't that far. Yeah, if I remember right. People were saying, I don't know how far. I don't know. It's not five yards. Yard. That's probably yes. Yeah, yeah, imagine people, being part of the group that was there when the when the guy that was throwing like that couldn't clear the five yards. Hey, you imagine? Hey, he throws this right in front of them. Fuck! Their dad never ties. He's like, yeah. Push throw. No, come on, guy. No, but you know, I think you're I the think drill they're gonna... sergeant. You're like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not gonna deal with this. We're gonna die. I think they're gonna include the, the grip test in the elderly for sure. Where, where, the, where the because what they're finding is it's a good general test of overall strength and it's a good predictor of all cause mortality and health in the elderly. So I think that pretty soon when they test, you know, people in advanced age. That'll be part of the of the testing. They'll do the blood test, whatever, and then they'll it'll be because it's so easy. They'll give them something to squeeze. They squeeze it. Oh, do you really think it's that good of an indicator? It is because really? yes, it is. Now it's not a good indicator if all you do is train your hands. So like, mm-hmm. if an old person takes that test, it's like I need to pass the test. And then 
just works on They're their just hands. Cracking walnuts all day. Just <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's. But if but generally speaking, if you if you have a weak grip, you're probably weak. You probably have mobility and, and strength issues. I find I find it interesting how quick we can uh, fluctuate that. Like uh, there's been times just in the last two years where I can feel a significant difference in my ability to hold on to a. 500 pounds on a barbell really versus like 300 yeah no it's well, just because on based on how much you train or whatever yeah yeah well yeah but here's the thing your grip's always strong you know what i'm saying it just goes from strong to really strong hmm. if you have a weak grip generally speaking a weak grip will tell is a pretty good indicator of the fact that oh there's you're, you're weak there's generally low so they're going to give them a low yeah. threshold it's not like they're like oh you got to squeeze 100 pounds it's probably like yeah you're scoring you know you're scoring less than five pounds of, of, of grip strength we need to work on your overall strength. Yeah, you don't have a lot of muscle activity. Yeah, and you're more on. likely to fall, you know, lose your balance, break a bone. What do you think that is? You think that's just a decline of the CNS, just kind of damping down? Do you think yes. that's what that is? Well, you sort know, of pruning everything that hasn't been operating. You're losing your muscle and losing connection to the muscle. Yeah. You know, it used to be, you know, 80, 90 years ago where people hurt themselves because they did too much work. Now people hurt themselves because they do too little. Uh-huh. It used to be like that. You know the old adage like, oh, oh, lay down. You need to relax and rest. You don't tell that to old people anymore. Now you're like, no, no, get up. Get yeah. up and move. Yeah, don't sit. Yeah. The reason why they did that back then is because I'm 70 years old. I've been breaking rocks for, since I was you know, 15 years old. Right. Yeah. It's probably going to help me to sit, on, sit down and relax a little bit. <laughs> right. And my back hurts because of it or whatever. Yeah, they're doing some real shit. Yeah, now then. it's not. It's the opposite. So. Which is probably why our life expectancy is, ex- is, is increasing because we're not hammering our bodies our entire lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to flatten it out. It takes though. longer to die. Yeah just being lazy yeah i think we're, we're keeping ourselves alive longer but we're not having like good life uh throughout the whole time you know what i mean i think the last five to ten years is just shit i wonder if a lot we, of people. i wonder if we will see uh in our time mandatory exercise b- that is based off like your contract if you work for a company like you hmm. i get hired on and part of that is i have to yeah exercise x amount of days per week mm-hmm. just because the company could be if we continue going the direction we're going right with obesity and, and heading that way to where it gets so so crazy bad that companies are like we have to do something about this and they and you mandate it or they pay you more or or yeah, that they pay there's, you more because you cost them less on, on yeah. health insurance i mean i love i would love to see That'd that be the better way to do it, it yeah. would be the better that would way be to great do. and i think with like health insurance i would love to see a health insurance company that's just for people who are health and fi- healthy and fit you know what I mean? So you don't pay a million dollars for for health insurance because how often do I go to the doctor and require, you know, all this stuff? Of course, on the other end of the extreme, if you're an extreme athlete, you're probably gonna yeah. have expensive health insurance because you're gonna break something. <laughs> That's totally something on the other side. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, Adam, how did you like that? Did you finally try the pure? I did. I've actually been. So what do you think? I like it. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I'm on. Okay, let's see here. I've had five days in a row with it. Now, what do you notice? From I it? just tried it today. All right, what do you guys notice of it from it? I want to I want to see how it compares to. I like um, uh, in comparison to any of the other sort of nootropic blends or anything else we've tried. Like it's very smooth, and I didn't get any. Um, was it the the main one that has GABA in it? That uh, that one didn't. Well, not GABA. It's I forget uh, rhodiola. Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Whatever it was, it wasn't in there, and I was really happy about that's that. That's in uh-huh. the focus aid? That's what's in the focus yeah, aid? Yeah, the right? focus oh, aid. Yes, oh, that, right. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so this this was a very nice, like, clean... Uh, that's why I don't like yeah. the I don't like the focus aid either for that reason, too. And I, and what I think, I, why I think I like it, or what I, my looking at it, 
I think it's because it doesn't have a ton of crazy stuff. Like no. I, I don't need much for that, and I it just feel clear. You know, I don't feel jittery. I don't feel like I had a bunch yeah, of. Yeah, it's cat- not a stimulant. No, it doesn't no. feel like a stimulant. No. I just feel clear, clear headed. That's all. That's what I noticed too. Yeah, yeah. I sure. noticed it's got a genuine. Um, but t- it doesn't taste good. Taste you don't whack. like the taste. You no. know, no, I, I like the like, taste. No, I don't like the taste at all. You really yeah, don't. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it's it's like it could I don't be mind it. Could well, for Organifi. Considering Organifi always has like like all their drinks. Well, yeah, good. all their drinks. They're, they're the best the green drink in the in the market, in my yeah. opinion. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I think they're, the orange they're, is the best. They're gold. They're gold. Oh, the so gold. gold, gold. The gold. Did juice. I say orange? Yeah, oh man, it's contagious. Yeah, gold. The gold juice is incredible. Yeah. No, and. And they have the chocolate one now. All their yeah. stuff is that. So the pure least favorite taste. Well, right? yeah. If you're yeah. gonna compare all to those, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I it's not a bad. Flavor. I feel like you have to if you're gonna talk about. But it's a small though. amount Maybe. though. That's why, and it's also um, it's because it has apple cider vinegar. That's what you're tasting. Oh, you're tasting the apple cider vinegar. It's hard like, to make apple cider vinegar the thing taste that they good, did, right? Yeah, the thing that they did with pure that I, I'm actually quite impressed with is it. it yes, it has the th- components that are supposed to be your. What are we getting from apple cider vinegar? That's more gut. That's what I'm about to say. So it's got lion's mane and a couple other things that actually improve cognitive function over time. So what you would consider your nootropics. But then it has other things in it that are good for gut health. Now, why would you put that in a nootropic? Because mm-hmm. the connection between the gut, serotonin and your yeah, gut, gut health and, and, and brain clarity or mind clarity, mm-hmm. it's very strong. Now, so that's interesting. That's the first, interesting it's the that. very first nootropic type of product mm. that I've seen has something in there that's supposed to also... Mark. Uh, improve your gut health. Now that's interesting. Yep, absolutely. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's what you're tasting when you say you don't like the taste. It's well, I know, I know. I think it was you who told me that uh, it's it's better for me to be kind of consistent with it, right? It starts. It's a compounding effect. Yeah, it? the lion's mane. So lion's mane has been shown to in- increase BDNF in the brain, brain derived neurotropic factor, which uh, is like this. It's basically like miracle grow for the brain. If you if you have a lot of it in your mind in your brain. Uh, it's supposed to be healthy for the neurons and, and neuroplasticity. You're supposed to be able to learn better and faster and all that stuff. But anyhow, lion's mane itself, if you want to, if anybody listening wants to look it up, you can look up lion's mane studies. Just Google that. And you can see that it's got some pretty interesting research behind it for cognitive function in particular to help people with declining cognitive function. So there's, I think Japan, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is... Uh, looking at lion's mane for potential pharmaceuticals for their aging population. I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but Japan has a very, very, uh, a, a very large aging population. In fact, in something like 10 or 20 years, the average person in Japan is going to be like 50 or something like that. It's insane. And so they're all worried about it. And, oh, really? and so they're spending a lot of money on like how to keep people sharp, Huh. Uh, how to prevent things like Alzheimer's. Oh, right, because like that. that'll cost them a lot of money quickly. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. Once, once it declines, yeah. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. Our first question is from Johnny ASDF. ASDF. What up, Johnny? Hey, Johnny! <laughs> if mobility allows, would it be better to develop an astagrass squat over a conventional squat? You know, mm. it's it's funny that this question keeps getting asked. That's why I picked this one. 
here's the thing about resistance training. It's pretty conclusive that a, a fuller range of motion is going to develop uh, more muscle. If you want faster results, you want to train in the fullest range possible that you have control over. So that's why I want to add that that caveat. You that's have to have control. Yeah. yeah, you have to have control over a range of motion. Otherwise, you shouldn't train in a range of motion. But that being said, let's say you only have enough control and stability to do a squat down to 90 degrees. Will you benefit from training yourself to have control and stability over an additional 10 degrees so you can go a little lower? Right. Uh, will that benefit you? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a good measure as far as like a 10 degree kind of threshold. I think that if you have that in mind and you're not really trying to overpress uh, your abilities currently, uh, you have to really consider that. But it, man, it, you can literally stretch that capacity uh, just by training for that. And then once you get in that position, um, you know, training your body to react appropriately and be able to generate force from there, it, it's possible. Mm -hmm. I think you, I think we should always be trying to get to a point where a conventional squat is an astagrass squat. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that if if you can't get ass to grass right now, then you go to as deep as you can until form breaks down, whether that be 90 degrees, 10 degrees beyond parallel, 15 degrees, 20 degrees. You want to play with the edge, right? Right. You yeah. want to you, you want to take it to the edge till you break down, right? That's where you want to come back up. But then ultimately, you should be con continually trying to progress that. I mean, I'm still... The, mm. the, I just did an Instagram story, or not story, but a post, and me sitting down. So I've gotten to the point where my hips, I've done so much work on my ankle mobility and my hip mobility. I can sit ass to grass now, but I don't fully own it there because I still want to round forward at the bottom. Hmm. And it's, I still am not at a point where I have that good of thoracic mobility in that deep of a squat. So I'm working on that right now. It's too. interesting that these camps are completely split, right? You have like old school, like where we're just trying to increase load. And that's like our measure that we're always on focusing on the mind is like, you know, how much incrementally can I increase the load? And then, or uh, you got the mobility side of it where everybody's just trying to get that depth, that range of motion, that, uh, being able to sit like to where my ass is literally touching the ground and I can get out of it, but I can't really do it loaded. Right. You know, I just feel like where's the middle ground with that? Where's I feel like I live in that. Yeah, I, I me really too. You oh, should yeah. be able to add load. That's, that's my point. You should, you should whatever. Yeah, like even add load, not just be able to do it. Right, right, right. Again, I don't think you necessarily, you don't own it as well. If you can't add load to a new range of motion, <clears> just cause I can get into a range of motion and then you put, you know, 45 pounds on my back. they're not teaching that on the mobility campsite is no. my, my point. Yeah, no. you either are all the way like the, the, the mobility guru and you, you neglect heavy loaded squats at right. all. And you almost it's a very big gap between the two. But I think you can absolutely do both. Yeah. I mean, again, this is where um, I, I'm most proud of our, our Prime and Prime Pro. I mean, I think when you think about something that most people should be, you, it should be in everybody's toolbox, whether you live in it. <laughs> Or it's something that you refer to for things like this, where it's like, hey, yeah, I can't get ass to grass, great squat. The tools are in there to correct that in you, to help mm -hmm. you fix that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where I think you apply that while still going through a MAPS anabolic or MAPS aesthetic and going through a program. But then you are using the tools that you've learned from Prime and Prime Pro to address those things along the journey. Yeah, here's why both extremes are wrong, okay? It, from Let's look at it from an athletic standpoint. Let's just talk, start from there. 
let's say uh, being stronger in athletics typically means you're gonna have be- you're gonna be safer when you're not exerting maximal strength because your maximal strength capacity is much higher. So you're safer at with with stronger activities because you're so much stronger than you would be if you yeah, didn't use a lot of your body will allow you to generate more force because right. you can actually yeah but if you don't have a good range of motion or good you know if you don't have a wide range of motion with that strength well the second you move out of that range of motion that you have control over now you can you can really hurt yourself now on the flip side you can have great mobility but if you can't handle load in any of that mobility then you're what use are you on the on the field or in any other sport so it's functional to have both strength and range of motion. And of course, the, the ideal is what we're talking about, which is control and strength within a wide range of motion. Now, for muscle building purposes, they're both very important. And, you know, of course, there's one can be a more important in some circumstances. Like you could go too extreme in one direction or the other. For example, you know, load is very important. But if I do a two-inch squat with more load than, you know, way more load than I can do a full squat with, that's not going to build more muscle. And, and on the other end of the spectrum... If I go butt to the, you know, ass to the grass squat, but I had all I have control over it, so I can't do any weight, well, that's not going to build as muscle as a 90 pound, uh, excuse me, a 90 degree squat with load. So you got to, you got to look at both of those. But I will say this, adding 10 degrees to your range of motion um, is probably going to build more muscle than adding 10 or 15 pounds to the bar um, up to a certain point. Of course, range of mo- ranges of motion can get really crazy. Uh, so I, I wouldn't suggest that like when you're doing a, a pec fly with, with dumbbells that you're trying to get to the point where your hands touch each other behind your back. But you should be able to get a decent stretch and a decent you know range of motion uh, with the weight. And doing that will give you the best results. Next question is from Cyrus T. Foo. When transitioning out of a dieting phase, would you decrease cardio first while keeping food intake lower? Or... Would you increase food intake first and keep more cardio in? This is a good question. And Adam, I was going to ask you about this because do you understand the question? What I, yeah, I get what you, you read it before Doug put it down and I wasn't sure what they were asking. I understand what they're asking now. First, I, I would preface this with saying that I don't think there is necessarily um, a, a right or a wrong way with this. I think there's, I think there's multiple ways that you can go after this. Um, and, I, and I think maybe there's a difference between everybody. So I think that there's not like this one way, this is the way to do this. Like, but I like to, when you come out of a cut, you got to think I've been just restricting from, let's say I started at the beginning of my prep. I was eating as much as 5,000 calories. Now come stage time, I'm all the way down to 2,500 calories plus you know, uh, 20,000 steps a day, which is a ton. Right. Right. So, right. so how would you reverse out of that? Right. So I like, it's a little bit of both, you know, in a at perfect, the same time. Yeah. At the same time. So it's, and I really would adjust my calories based off of my movement or vice versa. I would base my movement based off of my calories. I would, if you're going to increase your calories, which you got to remember after a show, a lot of people love to feed. So if you know, you're going to probably be increasing that, that those calories like crazy, you most certainly don't want to start backing way off the cardio. If you're going to do that. Now, what do a lot of people do after contests? They cut, they'll just, Oh, I'm not doing any cardio and I'm going to eat like crazy. They do everything at once. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they, I think they all have good intentions not to, and I think a lot of them will continue some cardio afterwards while they're still doing it. Uh, but this is, again, too, why I don't like to do very much cardio at all, because I can just drop the, the little extra high-intensity stuff that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Keep my steps up, which 
I've already disciplined myself to get up and do my walks and do this and do that. I'm, so that's not like I'm, I'm pushing a lot. I would just lay off like my hit because mm-hmm. I'm normally doing when I'm starting to get towards the end of, of a prep, I'm getting, you know, hit in almost every day and I'm getting like an hour walk in in the morning or something. And so all of a sudden I'll just get rid of the hit and I might even minimize some of the, uh, the walking and I'll even increase my calories a little bit. Mm. And then I'll How just, much do you increase them by? Well, it, de- it again, it depends on my mood, but it, it could be anywhere as low as only increasing my calories, two or 300 calories. It could be as high as five to eight. And a lot of that- God, what, You know what's funny about that? You, you can, you're coming from a place of 2,500 calories. Right, right. A lot of people, female competitors in particular, will come out of a contest- and they're eating 1,100 calories, and they'll go to, ma- to eating 22, 2,300 calories, which yeah. is like more than double. Right. That's not even an exaggeration. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll feed hard for two days afterwards. And by hard, meaning like back to what my where I'd want to be, like at the 5,000, 5,000. Sure. I'll give back-to-back 5,000 days. I'm so depleted at that point. Yeah, but you're taking advantage of the... You know, yes. The, yeah. yeah, and I'll get some of the amazing workouts. In fact, I normally will kind of keep increasing until I feel like I'm not getting any more benefits from it. Like mm. after, because you'll, you'll increase the first day you could, you could almost technically you could eat whatever the fuck you wanted and you would still have an amazing, amazing workout the next day. Cause mm. you were so depleted. So depleted. Yeah. Mm. You're so depleted, but I don't like to do that. I mean, I'd done that before in shows and I feel lethargic after the fact. And where I, where I feel good is I'll have two or three high days in a row because I've been so depleted what high meaning back to what I started mm-hmm. prep at like 5,500 calories mm-hmm. or so. And then I would start to lower back down something what was closer to where I was uncut. So then I would drop back down to that 25 to 2,800 range and then kind of play with easing them up and tapering off. But for me, I'm only really tapering off steps because I've trained myself to just move more throughout the day through with more walks. And then basically that hit cardio and that's, Really, all that's well. Know. These these competitors are going into competitions doing two two plus hours of cardio every single day. Yeah, you know, of structured cardio every single day. Well, that's that's why I like again. I like to to teach myself in in prep how to manipulate my body fat through restriction of calories or increased volume in training. Right, because if I've mastered that. Then again, I use cardio as a, just an emergency throttle type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, I can't get enough steps in anymore. Like, I'm 20,000 steps on a day where I just happen to be flying somewhere doing this if I was in the middle of prep. Well, that means my ass was getting on cardio that day because I'm going to hit my step target because that's how I've calculated everything out to figure out how mm-hmm. this is going to work. So that's the only, the only real instances where I'm using cardio. It's to get to how I've scaled my steps. You know, I've started my steps at... 8,000 at the beginning of the prep, and then it's worked up to 10, then 12, then 14, then 16, then 20, and then I think as high as is 24,000 to 26,000 steps. But when you're getting 26,000 steps a day, it's hard to, to not do an hour of sure, cardio. Sure. So then I would have to do an hour of cardio. So that's how I scale back. So I scale back by measuring my steps, not by necessarily. So it's hard to say, like, if someone's doing, but somebody else could be doing two hours of cardio and still only getting 20,000 steps. And before that, they were only getting. Mm-hmm. 4,000 without those two hours, that person, I got to be very careful of taking them from, oh, now cut your hour or two hours out and then go to your computer job where you're sitting for all day long. Like I got to be careful with that client. So then I might do different things with them. You know, it's crazy. Bodybuilders didn't really do, well, they didn't do any cardio at all up until I think probably the mid to late eighties. Up until then it was just training. 
Mm. They would just be lifting weights. Now, if you looked at their routines, I mean, it made made plenty of sense. These guys were working out twice a day and doing ridiculous amounts of volume yeah, and the stuff. Volume was insane. Insane, but they didn't do any cardio. Arnold didn't do any cardio. Frank Zane didn't do any cardio. He was shredded in the seventies and eighties. I I think it, I think it fucks up a lot of people's ability to really control their their body. It's it's insane when I see these pros that are peers of mine. Like they every time I see them get ready for another show, they have to take their cardio. It's like the next level. It's every time, every time, because uh, they've done so much. And their body and, just starts to adapt and get oh, really good yeah. at it. Yeah. And so for me, and that's where it's always been for me. It's like, I'm not, you know, team anti-cardio that much. It's just, if you haven't figured out what you need to do calorie wise to reduce body fat consistently, if you haven't figured out how to do that just with nutrition and nothing else, like, well, and you're always having to use cardio in there. Like it's tough mm-hmm. to tease that out and find out, mm-hmm. well, what happens when I don't want to do cardio every day for an hour? Like, yeah. and most people don't want to live that way. They yep. don't want to be committed to an hour on a treadmill or an hour run every single day. Like that's a lot that's a lot to commit to it forever. Is. It is. Plus, I mean, it's it's an additional stress on the body. And if you're dieting and you're lifting weights really hard, it's like you're probably better off just cutting your food down. If you really mm-hmm. need to get make that calorie deficit, you're probably better off reducing your calories than you are doing all this crazy cardio. I just cardio. imagine it would promote more metabolic damage if like, you know, if you're constantly trying to get through everything through cardio well dude the problem is is that some of these athletes mess themselves up so bad that they have nowhere else to go so if you're eating a thousand calories a day which sometimes you'll see some of these some of these girls do how how you can't yeah. go down to 500 so yeah, now you have to right. do an hour of cardio yeah you, you have to that's yeah. what's happening yeah. oh yeah. yeah oh yeah no it's uh, many of my peers i would be and we'd all see each other when i when i was competing at Burnell, there was at least I don't know, between guys and girls, at least 15, 20 pros at all times in that gym, especially at 6 a.m. in the morning on cardio and yeah. 6 or 8 p.m. at night. And I would see them and we'd be going for, I know they're going to the same show as I am. You know, I, I'd seen starting prep and they're already up on the Stairmaster and elliptical and I'm watching them early and they, they might just be cruising then, yeah. but they've already started it in there. Once they kick on prep, they're cardio is part of prep yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's and like, like i'm not doing it until yeah later. hell it no. seems I'm, like such more of a commitment I'm, like it time is time wise too. it is yeah. it is and that's and that's why it, it sucks the most is because it's just it's not because let's be honest we've talked about this being uh an hour of cardio is good for the heart it's good exercise for being healthy sure, uh, excellent sure. right to have great stamina and, and 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 exercise the heart like that but it's tough to commit to doing an hour of vigorous cardio every single day like there's not a lot of people that really enjoy doing that and can maintain that forever. Mm-hmm. So I want to learn how to manipulate my body right. and get it to almost any body fat percentage I want. Speed up your metabolism. Yeah, all, all through manipulating my nutrition and manipulating my programming. So that, and that's exactly, again, how I use cardio. It was like this last two weeks coming into a show. And it probably kept it real well, effective. Is it very effective? I mean, I could see a difference every every day. Mm-hmm. Every day I went to the gym because it was only the second time I've done an hour of cardio like that. The third time I've done an hour. When you've done it like that and it's the last two weeks, every day I'm getting sharper and sharper and yeah, sharper. Yeah. Is it hard for people to really accept you know, that mentality without the cardio because they have to put in more work into it in terms of like getting... so. 
if that's the, like what Sal's example of like a girl, you know, getting to a certain point when she's cut, like her calories so low, yeah. like the only way more like her body could change is with cardio. Right. And a lot of that versus is just building their way up first. And that might, take she shouldn't, time. Be, she shouldn't be competing. She, exactly. Right. That, now that, that, that's not that, ready for it. Yet. Part of the problem, the thing that used to irritate me that I used to speak out on a lot is a lot of these coaches are that need, that are online coaching need the money. And, yeah. and people are, they're not going to tell them, Oh, yeah, of you course can't. Not. they're yeah. reaching out for a prep and they don't, I guarantee they weren't doing what I was doing because it wasn't my main source of income. It was a side income for me. So I didn't care if I had 40 clients or not. I wasn't chasing a dollar amount. I was helping people that I wanted to knew, trying to figure out how much I could handle load wise. And so when people would come to me to do coaching training before I would tell them yes or no, I would want to find out where they're at. You need to track your food for the next two weeks. You need to tell me what you're doing stepwise and then send it to me. And then, then I know based off of their size, their body size, is this person in a healthy state for me to even put them into a prep? And a lot of times it was no. A lot of times I had to tell people. I mean, I've shared with yeah. you guys, Jessica, who's mm-hmm. a good friend of ours, a, a family friend, and she was hammering me hard forever to, and wanting me to get her ready for a show. And I kept saying, no, no. Your your metabolism's not ready for it. I for your much has much muscle as she has in her body, and that's how strong and her size is. Like her metabol, she should be able to eat twenty eight hundred calories and not gain weight. Mm-hmm. Like, and she she can't hardly eat more than thirteen to fourteen hundred calories. Mm-hmm. Like I would be doing, I would be fucking her up to put her just like the coach did with her because they did take someone yeah, else. Yeah, she did lost take her. a shit ton of muscle. Yeah, and she and she lost a ton of muscle. She fucked her metabolism up, and here I am back trying to rebuild it still. So yeah, that's that's just it. Is those those girls come into those and and some guys, but mo- more often than not, the girls come to a coach. Coach says, "Okay, where are you at?" He might do the same thing too, but he hires her regardless. And the girl goes. Hey, I'm eating 1500 calories a day and I look like this. And then he goes, okay, I'm going to drop you to 1300 and we're going to do an hour of cardio right away. He goes to work into cutting. Yeah. It's like, no, that's fucking insane. Like, no, that person is going to be, yeah, they're going to, they're going to be having in eight weeks. She's going to hate life, Mm -hmm. you know, fucking crazy. Next question is from Stellar Hefe. For people who work in front of a computer screen all day, how can you minimize or prevent up, upper cross syndrome? Any tips or daily habits or exercises that can be done at your desk? Definitely. So yeah. we should explain what upper cross syndrome is first. Mm. Uh, so upper cross syndrome is that kind of slouch forward position where the shoulders are forward. Kind of like a hunchback. Hunchback a little bit. The neck. Rounded it, forward, everything. Yeah, your head you know, kind of protrudes forward. It's that computer desk posture. And what happens with the body is whatever position it's in the a lot of or the most of, it actually starts to form itself into that position. Muscles that are shortened in, in particular positions for long periods of time become tight and don't want to lengthen. Muscles that are lengthened in a particular position um, start to get more slack and relax more and you lose a little bit of control or connection to them. You actually can lose connection to all these muscles if it's a very, um, what's the word, what's a disengaged uh, position. And so with sit, by sitting at a computer, you have uh, this position that develops because you're sitting that way and it becomes a part of your posture, just becomes a, because that's where you are most of the time. So if you want to counter that, you have to counter it with Movement. either being in a different position more often than that, which many times isn't possible. Like if you work eight to 10 hours a day in front of a computer you're not going to be able to do eight to 10 hours of standing in the opposite position. 
So the way you counter it is with more intense activity in the opposing direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so resistance training is a great example of this. Um, in the classic exercises that help fix that are, you know, any rows done Seated properly, row, yeah. but they have to be done properly mm-hmm. where the shoulders are, are pulled back and down. Um, you have to do, you want to do exercises that uh, help pull the head back. Um, our wall test is fantastic. Oh. I think we have a YouTube on that, don't oh, we? Yeah, we do actually. Yeah. We have, yeah. The wall test is one of my favorite things ever to really highlight. And you, you feel like where uh, all these, all these things are happening. Like you just feel, I can't, I can't actually touch my head to the wall. There's certain things mm-hmm. like limitations because of the, it gets like, it gets pretty bad over time. You just don't realize it because you're not, you know, against a rigid surface to kind of give you that feedback. So what the wall test does, it gives you feedback uh, to certain points in your body, like the nodule of your head, you know, your shoulders, uh, you know, your, your thoracic, your, your lower lumbar, like being able to then activate your core and not have your ribs flare up tuck your chin in. There's like a lot of different things that you have to focus on, but it, it helps to highlight your natural tendency to want to compensate and be able to adjust to get one of those to fit to the wall. So I do five by tens of zone one and I teach, this is what I teach. Cause the I wall tell test. you, so I still, I, I talk about this on the show a lot that I still help out these clients that I used to have in my, my boot camps. All of them are 50. I think the youngest is 55. So 55 and above. And all of them have desk type jobs. So I got a hairdresser. I've got all these people that are definitely in these rounded positions. Like they, none of them can squat really, really comfortably. So I'm dealing with all aches and pains and trying to combat all the things that they're doing. And one of the most common things everybody has is the, you know, forward head and rounded shoulders. So we literally, I take them through Maps Prime Pro. That's exactly what the entire hour is all, is me going through each major joint in them. And then the number one thing that I tell them all as homework that they do is I tell them to do minimum every day. And I would like to see it more, but I prescribe one a day. You have to do this once a day, but I would love to see you do this multiple times. And I do five sets of 10 intense holds in mm. zone one. So you get into the wall test like you guys are talking about. And they tuck their chin, get their wrist, get their elbows, and then they press their low back and flat. Isometrically squeeze. Yeah, and they hard, hard. drive as hard as they yeah. can and keep connection in all those points for 10 hard seconds. Release and do it again four times. Like, And that a, takes a grand total of less than five minutes. Less than five minutes. Less than, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think ideally speaking, if you don't want to go to the gym, you don't want to go... I mean, just doing mini trigger sessions throughout the day at work is mm-hmm. really, really good. I mean, mm-hmm. part it could be a it could be a wall test movement. You could have some resistance bands. Yeah, bring some bands that you do some. And just what I would do, and what I recommend, what I've recommended in the past to clients is every single hour, or at the least every other hour, take about three to five minutes, do these basic a few sets of these basic exercises and stretches, then sit back down at your desk. Yeah. The irony of it is. The comments that I would get after my clients started doing this in the beginning, especially, were watch were, your watch your increased productivity. That's it. Yeah. And people watch would be like, oh, yeah. they they would they would they would trip out, be like, oh, I love doing them, and I'd say, oh, because it's fixing your posture. And a lot of times, little aches, pains are like immediately gone. Yep. Vanished. Yeah. But the, not, re- the reason that, why they did it was productivity. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. You get it's amazing when you we sit still on a computer and you're only having to move your fingers for you know God knows how long you've been sitting there for, yeah. and you get up and you do some movement. Period. Especially if you're doing movement to correct what you're combating, what you were just doing, the position you were in. Yeah. That feels good, like you're saying, Justin. But then to Sal's point, I mean, you get the blood and oxygen flowing, and you'll see increased energy. 
Mm. You move your heart rate up a, a tiny bit. You're not exercising, but you're yeah. moving it. You're pumping more blood. Like a natural stimulant. More, yeah. yes, more oxygen. You get this little stimulant. You get back and you feel more productive. So yeah. once I and that's why I like to start my clients with that and say that's your prescription. Is you have to do that for me one time during your workday. Most of them actually like the way it makes them feel that they, and I tell them, I encourage them to do as much as possible. Like this is your moves. Here's your prescription. Do at least that. I want you to do it though as many times as you can Mm -hmm. and then leave it at that. It's like, once they do that, they normally can feel right away. Like, oh wow, that made me feel, I feel better after I do that. It was one of my, one of the key ways that I would get, be able to communicate my value as a personal trainer to a potential new client. So if you're a trainer listening right now, it's one of the easiest things you could do that shows a client immediately that you provide value and the it increases your odds of them hiring you. Mm. And it was as simple as me. I would have them sit in front of a cable row. I'd ask them the row that I'd demonstrate it. But I wouldn't like give them lots of detail. I'd show them how to do it. I'd say, can you do this for me? And then they'd do a few reps and I'd say, okay, now I'm going to put you in the proper position. Then I would stand behind them and I'd pull their shoulders back and down. Mm. I'd have them connect and squeeze. I'd have them do about five to ten repetitions, nice and controlled and slow, while helping assist while assisting them with my hands. Then they'd put the bar back. I'd have them stand up, and inevitably they'd stand up and be like, "Whoa, wow, I feel Sweet amazing. Release. Yeah. I feel so good. My neck feels loose." And right away, I was like, "You're gonna hire me." Yeah. You're, you're like you see the value right away. It was such a such an easy test. Next question is from Ms. Stacy. Would you guys ever make your own school to teach personal training? I really, I really huh. think that I believe we're building that right yeah, now, we're kind of virtually. Yeah, I think we, I think we're we're laying the blueprints of that. Um, there, I feel like each of us think there's so much more to as crazy as this may seem. I, and I get, I just was hanging out with my childhood friends, and they're like, "Man, dude, you guys have 900 and something episodes." He's like, "Do you ever feel like you're gonna run out of information or run out of stuff to talk about?" <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I think. I don't think we ever Not really yet. I don't think we've ever really worried about that. I think there's always something to discuss because there's so many individual variances when it comes to training the human yeah. body and helping people when and then you add in nutrition and psychology like it's yeah. just there's so so many different places that we can go. And I don't know why I was Remind, uh, telling you that I talked to my friends. What was the question again? Doug? It was about uh, <laughs> personal training school. Oh, oh the personal training school. And so what I think is happening right now is I think that we're answering all these questions. We're cataloging everything. We're making demonstration videos, writing blogs. We're getting, writing free guides. We're creating all this crazy free content. Well, the next level to this business is to be able to aggregate all of that free content and then learn how to segment our audience and provide them exactly what they need through AI and so I think once we have all that in place, think I think we'll just be able to teach trainers. The, exactly. The next evolution yeah. to that would be teaching trainers how to utilize the tools that we've built for them. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's for sure the future of what we're going to do. Just who knows when it's going to be. Yeah. I think, I think that when it comes to personal training, I think knowledge and knowing how to do the right things for your clients, I think it's important. I think that's very important. But I don't think trainers need the amount of knowledge that they think they need to be effective and good at their jobs. I think a lot of trainers think that they need to be PhDs. Like I need to get 15 different certifications. I need to take all these classes. I need to know everything so I can help my clients. The reality is that you're going to be able to apply 5% of your knowledge on the average person. The average person is a beginner. They're deconditioned. Um, Really what you should learn as a trainer, what I would put a lot of emphasis on 
if I had a school for personal training would be A, how to get compliance from your client. That is a big deal. Like it took me a long time to learn that, you know, when I first would try start training clients, I'd give them all the answers right out the gates. Like, here's your nutrition, here's your workout, this is what we're gonna do. It took me a long time to realize that that was a terrible approach because mm-hmm. it didn't work. People wouldn't stick to it. I start. I learned much later on that what's more effective is if I figure out the one thing that this person can realistically do for themselves, which is different from person to person, and then communicate it in a way to where they buy in, where they actually implement it. Mm-hmm. Now we've made real change, and it's a slow process. So trainers, I think the information and knowledge that they learn, I think, is important. How they communicate it and how they can implement it um, uh, I think is even more important. I think that's what makes the most successful trainers and knowing mm-hmm. how to talk to people, knowing how to communicate. And personal training certifications don't spend any time on that, do they? No. Do they spend any time on that? I Not that I know of. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen one. Well, they spend. They actually teach you like communication skills or sales skills, if you'll call them, whatever effective no, communication no. skills. No, that, no, that was a massive uh, you know, the thing that they neglected to cover especially the business end of everything and i think that's why you saw people like bedros really thrive in a market of independent trainers especially because there was no resources Mm -hmm. you really had to like look and on the internet and all you could really find was people like bedros or you'd find uh, other tony robbins types that were sort of just trying to get you some kind of life coaching to to then apply to whatever business direction you were going but i think that is a massive missing piece because, uh, I mean, what we want is for trainers to be successful individually so that way they can keep doing what they love and, mm. and they can keep impacting people. But when you're when it's when you're struggling financially, you can't, you know, be as effective as you could. otherwise. Right. And, and where and let me ask you guys a question. What made you as successful as you were as a trainer? Was it that your knowledge, your vast knowledge? No. Right. No. I mean, what were the what were the keys? most most of the the acquired knowledge that I have is from saying I don't know, mm-hmm. and then saying, but I will find out for you, and then going home yeah. and getting on a computer or even earlier days opening up a book and starting to read through and trying to find that answer of that that pro- and so I had this attitude of I was good at a com- a communicating the little bit of knowledge that I did have. And getting a, buy-in. Right. I had a little bit. What I knew is I had a little bit more knowledge than most of the people coming to ask for help. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed. And because then I could share with them that little bit more knowledge. And then when the time came where they asked me a question that I didn't know the answer, I was comfortable with saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. And they freak out and they think, oh, I'm supposed to know because I'm a trainer. But it's like, you know what? I'm not sure. Like. But I tell you what, I'll, I'll make sure I find out and then I'll tell you. Yep. And then then that would yeah. force me to read in the direction that I needed to learn because that's what my clients were asking. Yep. And then you've done that. Once you've done that for a long enough period Oh, and if they time. see you actually do that. Right. And you go acquire knowledge that you didn't have before. You take classes. You bring another professional in as a consultant. That's value. Like the, They feel like you really... Uh, went over and above to to then service them. And I think that's a huge part of it too. It's like you really have to show them how much you care about their cause. Well, and, and that's the, there's, the, there's, there's that psychological piece. Like I remember a long time ago, it was a, it was a while ago, I worked with this uh, trainer who was extremely successful. Now, why was she successful? Well, or how did I define that? Well, first off, she had a very high per session rate that she charged. Her, her books were, were always full. And she had the same clients forever. Like these people just stayed with her. Now, if you see a trainer with a full schedule 
who has a high session rate and the clients just stay with them, that's a successful trainer. They're not lucky. I used to think that, like, oh, they're lucky they got the right client with, who's got money or whatever. No, 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 no. They're successful. They're doing a very good job. And I would listen to how she would talk to people about nutrition. This is what used to blow me away. The way I used to talk to, uh, to, to clients about nutrition would, I'd be like, okay, let's look at your diet. Okay, cut this out, cut this out, start eating this. Here's your calories. Let me write some meal plans for you if you want. Just eat this, you'll lose weight, whatever. The way she would do it is she would say things like, okay, Susan, I want you to eat one serving of vegetables every day. And they'd be like, okay, I, I think I could do that. And then she'd track them for a while. And then she'd say, okay, so here's what I want you to do now. I want you to have at least an additional glass of water. And it would be this, this, just these small things. But the reason why she was so damn effective is she was an expert at, re, at learning what that person, what would challenge that person, but what they could also do realistically mm. and what they could stick to. Mm-hmm. And that was the key right there. And once yeah. I learned that, it blew my yeah, fucking mind. Yeah, adherence is everything. Yeah, exactly. once, I, once I learned that. It doesn't that, matter blew- how smart you are and the information you're probably, how great you are at program design or what a smart yeah. nutritionist you are. If you can't get your client to do the work, you're worthless. Well, and part That's of that I mean. comes from understanding, you know, so you're effectively communicating the yes. whole process to them to where they, oh, wow, that, you know, like light bulbs go off because of the way that if you finally presented it to them. And that takes a lot of experience to be able to get to a level that you can communicate what they need to hear at the right moment. Right. And now think about, here's a good example. Let's say uh, a client, a potential client, so this is not even a client, a potential client walks up to a trainer and says, hey, I want to hire a personal trainer. I'm getting married in three months. I want to lose 35 pounds. Uh, what do you want to do? Now, a new trainer or a trainer who lacks experience or a trainer who's not going to be successful is going to be like, done, let's do it. 35 pounds in, in three months. You got to train with me four days a week. Here's what the program's going to look like. Boom. Somebody with experience who really understands success in, in personal training would say something like, okay, look, I know that's your goal, but uh, it's probably not the best way to do it. Uh, I like to get people to get to their goals in the right way. Here's what will happen if we try and do it that way. Educates the client and convinces them to understand like, okay, I need to change my approach for this long-term success. And that's how you become successful as a trainer. And I think if, if I had a school for personal training, yes, you would learn great information. Yes, all that stuff. But that's a given. That's yeah. stupid. All certifications try and provide you the best uh, knowledge. Right. And, and, and do all of them give you great knowledge? Not necessarily. But the goal is to give you great knowledge. I don't know any of them that focus on that other side of yes. it, on how to train people, how to coach people, how to get them how to buy to in. communicate better, how to sell better. Well, That's this, it. This is, this is why I think what we're doing, we're, you're going to indirectly do exactly what you want because if a trainer were to search, uh, for example, like uh, we've got uh, Dr. Ruscio scheduled to come in and we're specifically going to talk about thyroid conditions. And so it'll be either a collection of all of us on a podcast talking about it, or it will, and or it will be Sal interviewing him in front of the the Mind Pump Studio and talking to him all of that. Now, the beauty is you're gonna not only ask the questions, the right questions from Rusio that you that you should know or people should know, but you're also gonna put your experience and your knowledge into the things that you're gonna foresee. Like, oh well. You know, we got to watch out for this. So, sure, sure. so because you're the now trainers will have that ability to watch that and listen to that. You're going to teach that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Through all this. Oh, stuff. I wish I had a resource like ours. I know oh, that. Man. I mean, that's what I we're. Know, yeah. So that's what I see. I foresee this being. I think uh, we're already providing quite a bit. I mean, I, I just did a post for personal trainers on my Instagram, and I, yep. I mean, such a big percentage of our audience 
is trainers learning how to be, you know, I mean, my, here, oh, I'm excited about that. I'm, yeah. I'm stoked that that many trainers are listening and, you know, really appreciate the, the, the knowledge. Cause it, I mean, it, it was a long journey to get to where we are. I well, mean, from what we've experienced individually, well, let's be honest from a, from a, just a real standpoint. Okay. I don't care what metrics you measure this by. What is the most successful segment of the fitness industry as measured by long-term good success by clients? Personal training. Personal training outperforms. Personal trainers are the lifeblood of the fitness industry, hands down. And I don't mean that from a marketing standpoint, all that shit. I mean from a true standpoint, from these are the people that are actually They're physically interacting. Yes. And they're very, very effective of what they do or more effective than group training, gyms, than, you know, magazines, than articles, than whatever. It's the personal trainers. Mm-hmm. So that's what gets me excited is that we're, you know, we have an audience of people that are listening that are making those, those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's pretty cool. I was on uh, vacation, you know, recently or whatever. And um, one of my cousin's friends comes up to me and she's like, oh my God, I just listened to your podcast for the first time. I'm like, oh, you know, how'd you find it? And she's like, my trainer, my personal trainer told me to listen to this podcast. Oh, nice. And she's like, as I started listening to it, I realized you, it, you know, you were, it was you, and I didn't even know this, and whatever. And you are she already followed you. Yeah, yeah. She no, she, she knew who I was oh. through uh, my my cousin, but she'd never listened to my podcast. So she got referred by her trainer. <laughs> hey, you got to listen to this fitness podcast or whatever, and it's her personal trainer. Oh, and great. she pulls it up, and she's like, "Oh shit, I know the guy that that hosts that." <laughs> that's like, great. How freaking rad is that's that? That's pretty funny. Anyway, well, speaking of personal trainers, we have a new guide available at mindpumpfree.com that is all about how to become a successful personal trainer. So if you're a new trainer or a relatively new trainer. It talks about like certifications, prospecting. It talks about um, how to sell personal training, how to present personal training, how to price your training. You can. It's a totally free guide. Again, it's at mindpumpfree.com. Go check it out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mind Pump.